This week, Microsoft turned into another home appliance. Happy Friday, friends. It is, it, I'd say things are like a usually like a special week. This has been the specialist week because Microsoft turned into another home appliance. And I'm not talking about the fridge. I am talking about a vacuum. Microsoft was able to suck up all of the headlines across the entire industry, both gaming and tech news. And so they really kind of took the wind out of a lot of sales of other news that was happening this week. And everything just kind of quieted down after Microsoft announced that they were going to spend about $70 billion on Activision, I almost said Bethesda, because that's just been what's on the tip of the tongue for a while. But either way, Microsoft was able to grab all the headlines, and they definitely pulled the gravity towards them, and everything else just kind of got muted along the sidelines. But there is some tech news before we dive into the Phil Spencer spendaganza that uh, that occurred this week. So anyways, uh, there's some regulatory stuff coming around, especially here in the U.S. So the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee uh, voted to effectively kind of advance their mission to curb big tech's enthusiasm and I should say uh, sort of monopolistic type practices, if you will, in the industry. So there's going to be a lot of things coming and nothing is really concrete yet. Just know that uh, despite the fact that Apple and both Google lobbied hard against this, and I'm sure there were others along the sidelines as well, especially Microsoft, uh, potentially, and Facebook for that matter. And just there are probably a bunch of different companies in there. They're really pushing against this with their lobbying dollars, but the government is advancing their agenda of saying, look, you guys need to like reel it back in because you're you're hurting innovation. Now, I'm not going to take an opinion either way yet until we wait and see how this kind of bubbles out. Just know that things are not settling down on that arena. Uh, Microsoft did, though, announce, not that they're just buying Activision, that the Surface Laptop SE, if you want to buy one, is now available. Now, keep in mind that this is not a device that you walk to Best Buy and just grab out off the shelf. It's, it's very much designed for education and it's very much designed for if you have Intune for education as well so you kind of got to have like you know the Intunes and, and the laptops and stuff and so uh, it's now available and it's the only one that actually Surface device I believe that comes in 16 by 9 orientation probably because this isn't in my opinion this isn't quite true Surface grade stuff if you will because it's it's like 250 bucks this is entry level and you get what you pay for so either way um, if you use in the enterprise space a very old macro in Excel there's something you should be aware of is that Microsoft is now restricting XLM macros. I believe this was came out with Excel 4 maybe uh, by default because of security. So if he, this is going to imp probably impact only enterprises who have been around since the days of dirt were created and they have an Excel macro that does something that nobody quite understands, but they know that it's critical to operations and they're still running it on a daily basis or weekly or monthly or whatever. And uh, just be aware that if your Excel macros break, it might be because of this. Doesn't mean they're broken permanently, just that Microsoft is disabling this feature by default. Uh, Microsoft has shipped another new build of Windows and they are continuing their tinkering of the OS. So now there is a new, or I should say an updated task manager, if you will. So Microsoft is experimenting with playing around and by experimenting, I mean, this is more than likely gonna ship. It's not a big change for Taskman, but anytime you touch like a core entity of what uh, Windows is, people get a little nervous myself included because last time Microsoft did this they took away context menus on the taskbar uh, and so just be on the lookout for that 
It also looks like third-party widgets are going to be arriving sometime soon. Now, this was completely expected, but there's been some developer documentation that has been unearthed that talks about how developers can build widgets for the new widget experience that shipped with Windows 11. So third-party widgets are going to be a big deal, and I cannot wait for that extensibility to arrive. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to use it for yet, but the fact that third-party widgets will at least exist is a good thing and makes them way more usable than the only the forced uh, widgets that Microsoft provides currently at this time. Uh, speaking of things that you need to be aware of that relate to time, that was sort of an interesting segue. Uh, OneDrive, OneDrop, OneDrive is dropping support for iOS 13 and iPad 13 soon. We don't quite know the exact date yet, but if you're running iOS 13, you, you need to upgrade to at least 14 if you want to continue to use OneDrive. Uh, I, I don't think the app will just continue to stop functioning. You might still be able to use it, but it's definitely not going to be getting any more updates. And speaking of updates, one last thing here, Microsoft did push out an out-of-band patch this week to address their lot of stuff that they broke with their Patch Tuesday stuff. One of them in relating to VPN services. So if you had VPN services, the reason why I highlight this one specifically is we talked a lot about uh, Hyper-V not working. We talked a lot about domain controllers going into an infinite loop because those are all big things. And if you're sitting there wondering why your VPN broke, Microsoft broke that too. Uh, but now they have fixed what they broke. And so VPNs are now should be back to... Um, where they need to be. So, uh, over to the little bit of gaming news that happened this week. So, the obviously, we can recap it here super quick. Microsoft announced the largest acquisition in gaming history, which comes a week after the previous large, largest acquisition gaming, where it was Take-Two is buying Zengo for, or Zengo's buying Take-Two, I think, or one of the, for like $12 billion. <laughs> Microsoft came in and said, that's cute, and said they were going to acquire Activision for like nearly $69, 70000000000 billion dollars. Uh, which is an insane amount of money. And so that is going to take a long time. And the one thing you're going to hear me iterate for the next 18 months is that now that the contract and the, the deal has been quote-unquote signed, Microsoft has no control over Activision until it closes. They have none. They can't go in there and say, don't do this, don't do that, that's illegal. So Microsoft, if you don't like an update that comes out for Call of Duty, don't blame Microsoft. They can't control that yet. And so... That is the point. Now, there has been a ton of, uh, of speculation about what's going on, and rightfully so people on the on a PlayStation have been very concerned. And Phil Spencer actually tweeted out yesterday uh, that he had a good call with the leaders of Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our deep desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. I'm just going to tack this one up under another notch for philosophy, if you will. Because that is the type of character that Phil has presented himself as. Like, hey, look, we know that this is going to cause a ripple in the industry. And we know that people in this camp are going to be concerned. And what does he do immediately? He says, look, we're, that's just a non-starter conversation. And Call of Duty is going to stay on PlayStation. That is not a surprise. Of, uh, that's exactly what I expect. What I do fully expect, and I'll say it multiple times, is that I expect like the timed exclusives that we've typically seen on PlayStation, those will be going away. I think... It would not surprise me if Microsoft moved all of its like exclusive stuff into Game Pass. Like, hey, you want early access? Game Pass. You want extra maps? Game Pass. You you want to pet the dogs? Game Pass. Um, that sort of thing. And so that is what I absolutely expect. Now, I will point out one little bit, you know, reading in the tea leaves of uh, what Phil Spencer said. He said all existing uh, contracts. Now, that doesn't mean new contracts. So there's, there's a lot of legality things that go through when an acquisition like this comes out. And I guarantee there's a clause in there that says, hey, uh, Activision, after we sign, you can't go sign a 10-year exclusive agreement with Sony on Call of Duty. 
that would be detrimental harm to the underlying mission of the acquisition. You can't do that. So I believe that's really, I, I would be shocked if Activision would do try to do something like that, but that's typically written into the contract law. My point here being is that Phil makes it very sound very much apparent, like up until they sign, they are, they're going to be honoring all existing contracts, not anything potentially they, they sign after this. The reason why that happens is Activision could be like, look, we have, a, we have to cr maintain a certain amount of market cap or something as by the stated in the contract to get the full 70 billion and so maybe they see sales waning and so they go out and sign a massive exclusives contract we'll, we'll just say with epic to to fill up the coffers with that fund or materially hurts the business they can't do that they cannot do that per se because that changes the agreement and you don't want to be doing that uh, Phil Spencer also pointed out that he wants to revive dominant Activision slash Blizzard franchises. There's a bunch of them. Phil loves the nostalgic gaming, and he's even talked about throwing more resources at it to revive some of those legacy titles that may not be getting support or be even in active development. But Activision just has a big catalog of content, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Also, when Microsoft did announce this, they managed to wipe somewhere between about 19 to $21 billion off of Sony's market cap. That's that's a pretty big deal. Granted, market cap doesn't mean anything unless you're being acquired. So uh, that it makes sense in Activision's world because that's their market cap because they're somebody's paying for them. But in Sony's world, market cap is just sort of this nebulous thing, and unless somebody's trying to acquire them, then it doesn't necessarily matter. And Microsoft also announced this week that Game Pass has over 25 million uh, Xbox subscribers for Game Pass, which is a notable increase. I believe it's about 7 million year over year. Obviously, Microsoft is looking to juice that with the Activision acquisition, which is still incredibly hard to say. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. Microsoft does report earnings next week on the 25th. I'm not expecting we're going to get too much more information. Obviously, the point of discussion will be around the acquisition, but Microsoft won't be able to comment or really do anything else. It's just going to kind of go over into the, you know, the, the black box of regulatory review and concern and processing. And then Microsoft just has to sit there and wait for that to run its course. And then they will either be given the green light, they'll either be given a yellow light, which means they have to do concessions or a red light like uh -uh, you know, this is not going to happen. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch how all this plays out. There's still just a, a lot going on with, I, I can't get over 70, $70 billion dues, $70 billion dues. I mean, that's like Phil Spencer walked into a conference room and said, I want to spend half of our cash and I want a promotion. And they're like, okay. And like, there you go. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Anyways, uh, on to the questions of the week. Usman kicks it off. says, have you heard any inside baseball lately around the HoloLens 2-3, especially given with the HoloLens team jumping ship to other AR divisions in the Google uh, meta? So HoloLens 3, the next generation of HoloLens, is absolutely in development. I know that for a fact. I don't know when it's going to come. Microsoft still is looking at this pretty, like, not loosely is the wrong word, but you got to remember, there's still not a ton of competition for them in this space, especially in the enterprise. Now, uh, what's the Magic Leap out of Florida has started to ship like a product for the enterprise, and so maybe they'll start to feel eventually feel some pressure there. But right now, they're the market leaders with this, and they're going to work on a schedule that they dictate for when they're going to launch the next product. I suspect that they could get another one out the door sooner rather than later, but I don't know if that's there's any true advantage for that yet. So Microsoft would love to have as much time as possible to keep iterating and tinkering with HoloLens 3, because as of right now, there's not great competition for them to justify pushing it out the door. This is another reason why competition is so important. It guarantee that if Microsoft had a lot of pressure on their back, they would be willing to ship HoloLens 3 faster 
but because they don't have a lot of pressure right now, there's no incentive yet. And it's still a very much a niche market. Keep in mind, Microsoft is not as of right now going after the consumer. They're very much in the enterprise space and that is where they like to be selling. And so uh, that is just going to be, that's just, you know, something going on. And he says, last year there were talks of a refreshed HoloLens 2 codenamed uh, Hamani, Hamani, I cannot pronounce that, with a better processing chip uh, than the current Snapdragon 850, which is showing its age, especially when you look at Chromium Edge. It is definitely starting to show its age. HoloLens 2 is not the fastest kid on the block, but I think Microsoft is trying to avoid the narrative that it needs to update HoloLens every single year. That is not something they want to be in, and that's not, there's, there's not a big reason to benefit that. The things that Microsoft wants to be able to do, battery life is, is paramount, and also increasing the field of view is also incredibly difficult, but also high priority. And so those are the areas of focus, and when those have a meaningful difference, then Microsoft will continue to push forward. Uh, they also want to continue, at last I heard, finding new ways to shrink the footprint of the device. While it is, relatively speaking, kind of small, it's still big at the end of the day and I know I think all of us want to put on like a pair of Ray-Bans and that be it we're pretty far from that but that is where they're eventually hoping uh, that everything will go he says a second question question about the ABK this is the Activision Blizzard uh, thing Windows 70 oh Activision and uh, Bethesda Windows 77.5 billion dollars spent on Bethesda and Activision bear its fruit is it more of a user acquisition play to buy their way towards more active users so this is a very it, it's a good question because to his point they've spent 77.5 billion dollars which is oh, i was gonna say which is fine but it's a ton of money but if you're a shareholder and you come and say like okay you've spent all this money what what value are we getting out of it so this is very much a longer look i think microsoft can make a pretty easy justification says look we see a once in a generational opportunity to become the netflix of gaming and to do that we need content and how are we going to do it we're going to have to go out and buy it because building homegrown content like spinning up a halo is incredibly difficult and so to go out and just buy that content and knowing that you have that for effectively forever is pretty smart not to mention the fact that they saw that they might have been getting activision at a discount having you know their entire culture be run amok by their ceo and just not being favorable in the headlines it's a good time to snatch up you know a quote-unquote value keep in mind that activision as of the summer was valued much higher than what Microsoft actually ended up paying for. Now, someone's going to go out and say, "Brad, but look, they're back then. Their price point, where their price per share was around like ninety-five to hundred bucks." And Microsoft just announced they're paying ninety-five dollars a share. Well, yes, when you want to go buy a company, you don't pay what the share price is today. You're not going to get approval, so they had to do a premium on top of it. It's like a thirty percent or something higher premium to get to that ninety-five dollar price point. If their stock was ninety-five, they'd have to be paying like hundred and thirty a share if they wanted to be able to actually acquire them. So they did get them, in my opinion, at a discount. I think this is very much a long strategic play, and I think that is how they're justifying it. And so they're, that is that is my view take on it. Uh, QNUX says, hey, Brad, uh, how do you think the Microsoft Activision will go through regulators? Will it be smooth sailing? App? No. Well, let me qualify that here in a second. Or are there bumps or, or even a block? I definitely think... I definitely think Microsoft is going to have to make some concessions at some point, either guarantees of crap crass cross-platform capabilities or at least shipping software for other platforms, I think is going to definitely be a requirement there because this could materially hurt a company like Sony. It, it absolutely could. I also think there might be some regulation potentially about what happens on the PC. This one's a little bit more nebulous. The thing is, and people point this out all the time, which is rightfully so, after this acquisition, Microsoft will be the third largest gaming company. Not even the second, not even not even first. I mean, that's Tencent. I think Sony is still bigger. And so... 
I think they have a decent shot at getting this through because there's plenty of ripe competition in this space. I just think that they're definitely going to have some issues, not necessarily because of the gaming consolidation, but mostly because Microsoft is just a massive company. And sometimes when a massive company makes a massive acquisition, there's going to be a lot more focus on it and granularity in the review process than, say, a mid-sized cap company buying another mid-sized cap company. So I think they, like the more I think through it, I do think they will get this acquisition through. But I do think that they might have to make some concessions along the way. Uh, Tourniquet says, how can Microsoft be so rich and so poor at the same time? While well, Xbox is spending so much money in Windows, they fire all their QA staff. And when all the years later still suffer from the consequences. Well, I was going to make this joke on Twitter, but it probably wasn't appropriate. If you remember, uh, Ravensoft, or who is owned by Activision, just got rid of a bunch of their QA stuff. So it was like a match made in heaven. Microsoft said, look, they're getting rid of their QA stuff. That's a company we should buy. Um... So how, how does this work? Well, for one thing, Microsoft doesn't look at Windows as a growth sector right now, and they haven't for many, 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 many years. And so they're, they want to keep the margins in Windows quite healthy. And so how they do that? They got rid of a lot of their, their set devs or QA team and just said, look, it's on to the users now. It's not that they don't do any QA, but it's definitely not to the level that it was previously. And so how are they say rich and so poor? Well, they stay rich by doing what they did to Windows, by not you know eating in the margin where they don't feel that it's necessary. And more importantly, where they don't see that it's growth. They absolutely look at Xbox and Game Pass as their next potential, not billion, but multi-billion dollar opportunity. And so that is why they're spending so aggressively to make sure that reality does happen. This is also, uh, how differs the newly created Microsoft Gaming Org from the Xbox Org? Is entertainment, aka the movies and TV stuff, going under gaming now? Uh, it is changing because I believe Phil Spencer actually acquired some additional marketing. Phil Spencer, yeah, Phil Spencer acquired some additional marketing teams under him. And so this is really just a, like a maturing of what is going on with Xbox. Like they're so after this they will be so big that it makes sense to have you know kind of rethink how the org is well organized what will be interesting to see is how that org stays organized after the acquisition because obviously there's a lot of leadership talent inside of activision uh you know you got to look through the cultural stuff to see if they're if they their morals and their capabilities and their skill sets align to how microsoft does things um, but it'll be interesting to see once these org charts and, and these trees blend what is actually going to happen uh, Sydney 2K says, hypothetically speaking, I'm a shareholder at Microsoft. I'm not a gamer. Tell me why I should be interested in a 68.7 billion acquisition of some gaming company or why I should be, shouldn't be annoyed so that much money being spent on side uh, projects that are not enterprise. In other words, how will I, this will help my dividend? Well, for one thing, keep in mind that Activision last quarter made about 600-ish million dollars in net income. So that is absolutely a way that is going to help the bottom line. Now, it's, it doesn't make sense to spend $70 billion to make $600 million in net income. What I really think this does, though, I think this acquisition shores up Xbox as an organizational unit, especially from a revenue perspective. We don't get a good look at, at Xbox revenue, We or I should say net income. We only hear about revenue, which is a couple billion dollars every uh, quarter. But we never hear, like, are they profitable? Are they, you know, where is Xbox in that life cycle of launch new hardware? Are they making money? We think they might be making money, but we don't really quite know. It's always been kind of iffy if Xbox makes, you know, a healthy amount of margin. And by buying acquisition, that 
buying Activision, not acquisition. It's hard to say Activision, Activision, acquisition. Say it 50 times test, whatever. Uh, it really might shore up their balance sheet and actually make them a much more profitable and healthy unit. And so that might have been one of the primary drivers. There's been a lot of talk of, is this meaning Microsoft's going to spin out Xbox? I need to do like a whole nother like research and deep dive into that. But it really appears to make this org more healthy. It just cost a lot of money to get there, if that makes sense. So I think that's the reality. And so you got to look at this not from a, a quarter to quarter perspective, because I think that's going to be a negative way to view this acquisition. I really do. And this is more of a longer horizon bet that Microsoft is betting on. And they very clearly with Bethesda made that acquisition, saw that it worked out, saw that it can be done, and then bet big on the next one. Uh, Tin... Tanam says, uh, do you think Microsoft would ever bundle the World of Warcraft subscription into Game Pass or will they always keep the WoW subscription separate? This is one of those integrated sort of things that, hmm, it may, it's it's interesting. First off, I think if they, I think Microsoft's going to have to raise the, the price of Game Pass. I bet it would not shock me if it goes up five bucks to be 20 bucks a month. Like that does not surprise me after this acquisition, um, just because of all the content that would be dumped into that platform. Now, would they bundle the WoW subscription in the Game Pass? I don't think we know yet. The reason why I hesitate to say, yeah, they would, is because Microsoft loves subscriptions, and why would they want to turn that off right after they buy them? So I don't know if they will right away. It wouldn't surprise me if they... I it wouldn't surprise, I bet they keep it separate. I, I, you know, Walking through this, depending on the size of it, which I don't know exactly how many subscribers WoW has uh, on that, that product, it wouldn't surprise me to see them keep it separate, mostly because it's the same thing, same thing like Xbox Live Gold. Why would they turn off something they're trying to pivot towards software as a service to turn that off doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Migi says, I don't know if you noticed, but Microsoft bought Activ Activision Blizzard with a lot of money. I, I had no idea, actually. So Xbox has studios and games. It is quite funny. There's a meme template somewhere that would make this sense, but it's like for years it was always Xbox has no games, Xbox has no games, Xbox Xbox bought all the games. And it's like, wait, what? That's not what they were supposed to do because um, that narrative is clearly doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, do you think they will buy more studios or companies? Actually, Phil Spencer in an interview, I think it was with the Washington Post, said, yeah, like we absolutely still would buy more studios um, along the way, I don't. I think there's going to be a little bit of hiatus uh, while they wait for all this to close because I don't think they want to be battling two different regulatory fronts of them buying, you know, different uh, studios. But uh, I do think they will still continue if the timing and up, you know, it makes sense. Uh, and do you think that regulators will stop this action? We already answered that a little bit here. Uh, that is leading to a monopoly. I don't think monopoly is. I. I I don't fundamentally believe, at least right now, that this will create a monopoly in the gaming industry. I mean, you still have like Ubisoft, you still have EA, you still have Rockstar. There's still tons of other gaming companies out there. You still have Sony, you still have Nintendo, you still have Google Stadia, you still have Facebook. Like, it, I, Monopoly is not the reason why I think Microsoft would lose on this, which if it's not because of monopolistic practices... Like, does the mean there's anything going to happen um, from regulatory concern? I don't know. Like, that's the thing is, the, while Microsoft is a massive company and they do dominate things, especially in the productivity segment, in the gaming space, they really don't. Like, and there's still a lot of healthy competition in that market. And by Microsoft buying up, up Activision, I don't think it changes that narrative. Uh, JNBCK says, what's your take on the Windows 11 SE? Will Microsoft make a serious pitch into education and take the market share from Chromebooks with these devices? So my sort of thoughts here with Windows 11 SE is to answer that, I think it's sort of a workaround to get to Windows taking Chromebook share. Let me explain. Because Microsoft was trying to find the easiest way to make a $250 device. That was their goal with this 
product, make a $250 device. Now, they need to make more margin on these devices. They might not actually be making any money potentially because they've got to remember, it, you, if you want to deploy Windows 11 SE, you've got to have an Intune subscription and you've got to be managing it through that process. And that is how I bet Microsoft is expecting to make money. They're using the Windows... Windows 11 SE with these the Surface Laptop SE that they just announced uh, as the milk in the back of the grocery store, right? You want this device because it's highly repairable. It, it's it's Surface stuff. It should come with good warranties and easy repairability and easy servicing. That's the whole sort of pitch here. But it's at the back of the store, so you got to walk all the way through it, which, you know, you got to walk through all the Microsoft subscriptions to be able to get yourself there. And then once you grab the milk, then you hopefully grab some bread and cookies on the way out. And that's what Microsoft, I think, is hoping here, is that if you want this device, that's fine. You can go out and buy it. But you need to have a service attached to it, and that is how Microsoft is going to make their money. Now, is that going to take away market share from Chromebook? I think it doesn't really change the narrative too much honestly because i think if you were looking for a chromebook like using uh, intune for education was just never an option to begin with and so that's that's effectively uh gonna that, that narrative doesn't really change at the end of the day uh let's see here confused geek says not likely to happen but what if there is a game pass app for playstation microsoft would happily put game pass on playstation i can almost guarantee that they would do that given the option why wouldn't they they want game pass subscribers Put it on the Game Pass. It's definitely going to be a limiting factor from Sony, I think, is where. Because we all know Sony's going to be launching their own game subscription here uh, in the spring, which Phil Spencer's like, great, and then he went and bought Activision. Uh, but I definitely think that Microsoft would do it, just they need to be given permission from Sony. So, uh, If it were there, would the Xbox games be in the PlayStation Store also? I don't know. I mean, there's definitely... There's too many unknowns. I think Microsoft would potentially have to do that. I don't. I don't quite know enough 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 about how the PlayStation Store true modeling works. Meaning, would it, the game have to be in there? So, uh, Dark Clown, what is the cost of the Aquid <laughs> Activision Blizzard acquisition in Xbox mini fridges? So you can just slap two zeros off there. So what would be uh, six hundred and seventy-eight thousand mini fridge units? Is that what it would be? Or million? No, I think it's million. Wow. Yeah, 678 million mini fridge units. Because, yeah, that's a lot. There's too many zeros, and it's not even not a. Um, <laughs> I did tweet it out because I had to figure out how many zeros. When you take a billion off, you get a million, hundred thousand, somewhere around there. It's a lot. It's it's. Let me. I will say this with the utmost authority of accuracy. It cost more in mini fridge units than mini fridge mini fridges were built. Let me put it that way. You couldn't, there are not of many fridges on the planet to be able to actually fund this by dropping them off at uh, the store, the front door of Activision Blizzard. Uh, front Crunchy Frog says, I know you're an avid iPhone user, so naturally you're using an Apple Watch. Have you ever considered or reviewing other smartwatches that work with the iPhone? There are a lot of compelling devices coming out that have advanced greatly over the last year or two. Yes, Garmin, I believe, makes some pretty good ones. Um, there's a lot of different interesting options, but no, not really because at the end of the day, my Apple Watch does everything that I need. There's nothing that's lacking from it that I look at and say, ah, I wish that it would do X, Y, or Z, or Z if you're from Canada or outside the US. Um, so no, not really. And even my Apple Watch now is a four and we're on to seven so it's three years old i'll probably get an eight just because that's probably about when the battery will start to be going kaput um but no not not really i mean if there's one that you think that i should take a look at i'd be curious to see but at this point i mean I, this is the apple world right apple watches work best with apple products and so i would think that if i bought a third-party product that works with an, an ios device that i'm going to be missing things just because it's not the same right and so it might potentially be a downgrade 
Uh, Mr. PKI coming in with the last question of the week. Time for some good BS to end the question this week. It's all about Microsoft buying Activision and Phil Spencer running the gaming division. Uh, with Bobby leaving Activision after the acquisition is complete, does this mean people like Matt Booty and Bobby Roz will be promoted to run Xbox and become the Activision CEO or vice versa? This is a brilliant and interesting question. Because, as we know, it is fully expected, and I'm on this camp, that once the, ac you know, the acquisition closes, Bobby will be gone. I think that is, that is a, a given at this point. I'll be shocked if it's, if it's handled any other way. Which means, who is going to be running the CEO of Activision? I don't know. We don't, nobody knows, actually, right now. Microsoft, I guess, effectively could not have a leader, but that would be absurd. And so, who's going to get the promotion to run that? That's going to be something we don't know yet. Is it going to be somebody inside of inside of Activision? I personally don't think it will be, mostly because they have a cultural problem. If you want to fix a cultural problem, you don't promote somebody from inside the culture that needs to be fixed. You put in a new leader from outside. So who's that going to be? Is it going to be Matt Booty? Is it going to be Bonnie Ross? I think the collective internet will probably lose their mind if it's Bonnie Ross, mostly because she does not have a great track record uh, with launching Halo titles and then giving a promotion to go run a bunch of studios would potentially be not seen as something that fits very well. So we don't know. This is a really good question. And it's one of those things that's going to be up there juggling right up until it's not. So I'd love to know who you all, including you, Mr. PKI, who you think should be running Activision once it does close. It's a big, big responsibility. I mean, this while Phil Spencer is now running it and there's a bunch of team leads under him, whoever is the CEO of Activision is effectively number two uh, slotted inside of the Xbox org just because of how massive that organization is. Further, would they break it apart into little components? Would there just be Activision and then there'd be leads of each individual studio and it wouldn't report up in the same structure? These are things we don't know. We do not know yet. So when we do know them, you should keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.